0: Welcome to RS Equi, the podcast on all things law and technology. I'm Tima.
1: I'm Paul. And on this episode, your smart home is a snitch.
0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Surveillance Series. I think we can all agree that a smart home is a surveilled home. I think it's pretty much inevitable that if you have an Alexa or Google Nest or home security cameras or those cameras that watch your dog while you're Mm -hmm. at work or anything like that, you are basically accepting the fact that all of this information about what happens in your home and maybe outside the surroundings of your home are being recorded or being transmitted or being stored and things like that.
1: I mean it's literally called a surveillance camera so it's right in the name um, and we really want to look in this episode into the smart home and what data is it collecting and how it is especially sharing this information with law enforcement.
0: So I think the first question when it comes to smart homes that people always consider, I know I have, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't have an Alexa. I don't have any really smart home appliances because my biggest concern is, is, this going to be monitoring my every move and are mm-hmm. smart home devices recording all the time?
1: Yeah, and I find this often online, like this, this has become some kind of a meme that Alexa is always listening to you and there's these stories of people, you know, privately talking about something and then getting an ad of this mm-hmm. and thinking this was because of the Alexa in the room or any other of these voice assistants, right? This is the same with the Apple HomePod or Google Home, or even on your phones, because you can also voice activate them.
0: Exactly, and I think a lot of mistrust around um, these smart home devices, and specifically Amazon's Alexa, have happened because there've been quite a few controversial or public breaches, I guess you Mm. could call them that. Mm. I mean, in 2018, there was this case of an Amazon customer who requested his archived data from amazon Mm. and he didn't even have an alexa he just wanted like the information from amazon prime Mm. right and he was sent all of this information and he was also sent 1700 audio recordings from somebody else's alexa Hmm. and he listened to this and he was like why am i being given (laughs) this information this is not me and he i mean i read the article basically where he was interviewed and he said that He heard personal conversations, them asking for the weather, asking for travel details, like all of these different things about someone else's life. So I think that causes a lot of concern for people, for sure.
1: Yeah, but is Alexa always listening?
0: The short answer is no
1: but also a bit yes
0: Yes, they amazon says no but i'm inclined to believe that potentially yes because it all depends on that voice command Mm -hmm. right so alexa is according to amazon's privacy policy alexa is dormant or asleep until you give the wake up command which is um hello alexa or echo or whatever and then alexa starts to record just so she can Just so it can collect the information that you ask and process and give you the correct response. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's kind of always hearing what you say, but it's not recording this and not storing this and not processing this until you say the command and then it gets recorded and then it gets sent off to Amazon.
0: Yes. And I think the issue that a lot of people get caught up in is that they say the command and then conversation happens around them. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that when you command other people around you are not talking or other things aren't happening Mm. so all that background noise will also get recorded. Mm.
1: But I feel like that this isn't as bad as it might seem because it's Mm. so a there's this indicator light um but also it's kind of like I would expect this like it's logical that if I say the command and it is being recorded it's being recorded um, then there's other stuff on it as well. Exactly. Or, or if it mishears and thinks it's a, um, it's a command. And
0: exactly. So that's action. very true. And I mean, you can switch it off. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that you have to have it on all the time. Even on list, on kind of waiting to hear a command mm-hmm. type of mode, you can just switch the entire device off completely. Mm-hmm. And then at that stage you know that there's no chance of an error of you mistakenly saying echo and it starts recording Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that
1: and i also think that once you're past this voice or this always recording point it doesn't really make much of a difference if it's a voice-based command or if it's just on your phone right Mm. like the the amount of monitoring is essentially the same. Like, it doesn't matter if you do a voice command saying, hey, what's the weather in in Vienna today? Mm -hmm. Or if you're looking it up on the phone, it's the same data, essentially. Exactly.
0: It is the same thing. And I mean, you can delete the recordings Mm -hmm. as well. So Amazon has um, a function where you can actually go and listen to all the recordings that Alexa or that they have stored of you and you can delete what you find uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Or if mistakenly it was on, you can still get rid of it. So essentially, there are ways to combat this notion that mm-hmm. your smart devices are always listening to you. But also if you're kind of careless about it, then they it can be a situation where you're recorded without really being aware.
1: Now, law enforcement has also recently focused on this data, right? So they have increasingly accessed this data. Um, and I think this is very interesting on why they're doing this, because I wouldn't have expected this, actually. I didn't even th- think of it. Um, but it is being used as evidence, for example, for people being at certain places, right?
0: Yes, exactly. So, like, to to um, to back up an alibi, for example. So if you said, maybe I was at home at that time, they might look into it and see where you were, things like that. I mean, there was a case in the US in 2015 Um, of a man who was accused of murder and, um, information from his Amazon echo was allowed as evidence in trial to essentially prove his innocence. Mm. But so the law enforcement requested it from Amazon and initially Amazon said no um based on fundamental rights and things like that and the Mm. privacy of their customer but then the accused actually said no please give them Mm. the information because he thought that it would help him to prove his innocence and I,
1: i think this is true for all smart home devices is they can especially well prove at least someone's um location right so if if you're single live alone and you need to prove that you were home at a certain time ordering a pizza via voice command Mm -hmm. or changing your thermostats or unlocking your smart lock or whatever um might be a good alibi
0: exactly so in that sense it could be helpful but there also you know is the potential threat in the context of law enforcement that um intelligence agencies or state actors find a way to kind of interfere Mm -hmm. with your smart home devices without you knowing Mm -hmm. and essentially alter the functionalities in such a way that they can use it as surveillance.
1: Obviously, like you have the hardware installed and if there is some kind of way to manipulate the software in a way to uh, extract the data for law enforcement purposes, then this might be used.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think people are also concerned because increasingly, these technology companies are entering into partnerships with law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? So, when things like that happen, I think often the consumer's kind of like, wait, so law, you have a partnership with law enforcement, how do I know that my information is going to be protected mm. from that if you have a vested interest in? continuing this relationship that you have with law enforcement, right, which means right. providing them with information.
1: Yeah, so I think this is a difficult relationship. Um, and it is especially interesting one with the doorbell company Ring, mm-hmm. right? So these are these smart doorbells that also have a video function and always record when it senses motion or it works something like this, right?
0: Yeah, so essentially Ring has a partnership with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So it creates kind of a law enforcement portal, a portal for law enforcement, where they can see where all the Ring cameras in their jurisdiction are located. And then if a crime happens in a specific area or an incident is reported in Mm -hmm. a specific area, law enforcement can then request from Ring video footage from that specific camera Mm -hmm. at that specific area. And then Ring is then in the position to decide or let the um, camera owner know about this and mm-hmm. give them the chance to decide or not decide whether to share this information. I
1: think it's really interesting that they're more or less building this decentralized surveillance network of like private citizens just installing this for their own security or because it's, you know, just convenient uh, and this being then used for law enforcement purposes.
0: Exactly, when that's really not, your intention when you purchase this, but then you're put in a situation where you can be involved in solving a crime.
1: Yeah, and people are happy to do that. Yeah, and people this are is really happy to do that. Um because uh it it is weird in like the concept that you are being asked to consent for your data to be used, but it's actually because they're tracking someone else. Exactly. So you're consenting for someone else.
0: You're consenting for somebody else's kind of whereabouts to be monitored by the police through mm-hmm. your device that you purchase.
1: And I mean, this is a very American thing, isn't it?
0: Super American.
1: So, like, they also have this kind of social network mm. where uh, every ring owner in the neighborhood is being connected and they, you can share suspicious activities that you anyone, which is super weird. Uh, and, and all of this, not really for any major crimes, right? This is like... Um, At most people breaking in, but most probably just, you know, people stealing uh, packages from front doors. Yeah,
0: it takes neighborhood watch, you know, those little neighborhood watch WhatsApp (laughs) groups that started happening and neighborhood watch get togethers. It takes it to a whole new level because now you can actually actively participate with the law enforcement agency and let them know what's going on and give them access to information whenever you want using this interface.
1: Yeah, and everybody becomes a bit of a detective themselves.
0: Yes, and it can can become borderline problematic when, for example, people in the neighborhood start taking matters into their own hands Mm -hmm. or start taking the law into their own hands because they feel like they are part of this investigation (laughs) process. And you know, people can take things overboard.
1: They do, they do. Um, But I think it's interesting from a psychological point of view as well, like just if if this was government mandated, like everywhere has to be a security camera and, mm. and they have to cooperate then this would have been completely different. And if it's like, hey, you already have this because it's convenient, why don't you share this with us?
0: And I, I exactly what you're saying, I read an article um, where it was the police chief in a specific area where there were a lot of Ring cameras and they had entered into this partnership with Ring. And he was essentially saying, well, the customer buys this camera Mm. and they want to do this and it's not like we are imposing it on them we they buy the camera they participate in this network they join in and it's he kind of made it seem like it's not a really a privacy issue because everybody involved kind Mm. of consents to be involved but i think they they don't acknowledge the fact that you essentially consent to verifying the whereabouts of somebody else
1: yeah so you're building a network to surveil someone else and not use
0: exactly so that's yeah, really interesting. And I think it's also interesting that as time has gone on and as law enforcement has you know gotten more involved with smart home devices, a lot of these technology companies started releasing what well, kind of felt it necessary to release transparency reports, um, essentially saying the number of requests that they get from law enforcement agencies and how many of these requests they actually go through with, how many they reject, and what the whole thing looks like. And I'll be honest, um, the transparency reports are not that transparent. <laughs> um, the one that I'm specifically talking about is Amazon's report from the 2020, the period from the 1st of July to the 31st of December. Firstly, for a company like Amazon, you would expect that the, a transparency report of this nature would mm. be more than three pages. But it's literally only three <laughs> pages long. And maybe just like two and a bit. I don't think the third page is the fourth, <laughs> third page. And essentially it says that Amazon received over 27,000 requests wow. for data collected by Amazon products. And of that, they, um, they didn't uh, give information in all the cases. So I think it was mm-hmm. about 15% of the cases that they actually ended up giving the information. That okay, was but uh, this
1: seems kind of low in my opinion, right?
0: That's what I thought. I really, I thought that that was quite low and they did it in terms of demographics. So this is in the whole world mm-hmm. and Germany was a huge chunk of the request. I think 41% of the requests came from Germany. Mm-hmm. And for me, 27,000 does not seem like a lot if we're looking at okay. the whole world context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they separated between Amazon web services and then just Amazon products in general. And yeah, so essentially they say, you know, the kind of information that they would give out on request would be user info, your name, address, email, billing information, mm-hmm. retail purchase history, um, and your any information that's connected with Amazon web, web Services. But what's interesting to me is they don't actually specify which departments or which... Um, forms of law enforcement requested mm-hmm. this information so you never know if it's you know just the police requesting this mm-hmm. or if it's special government agencies or if it's homeland security like mm-hmm. you don't know and it's very vague
1: and and not if it's terrorism or if it's just you know petty crime
0: exactly so they don't say in relation to what um these requests were made they don't even specify if it was subpoenas or search warrants mm-hmm. or court orders it's it's not it's like I said it's not a very transparent transparency Mm -hmm. report but at least it's there if you Mm want to have a look at it
1: (laughs) I I also think it's really interesting that 40% of this was um Germany because I feel like most of this and especially law enforcement having access to this is a very US American thing Mm -hmm. uh and I found this in the the cooperation policy of ring with law enforcement they provide a form for law enforcement to fill out in Mm -hmm. order to uh, request data uh and they only have this for the U.S. And if you're from from any other country, because Ring is a U.S. company, um, you have to go through, you can't contact them directly, but you have to go through the Department of Justice and like oh. international criminal cooperation. Oh, I see. So um, it, this also places a focus on the U.S. really, because only there, at least for some companies, it is possible to request this data easily.
0: Mm, I, think, I think that makes sense because most of the cases where... You know, it's public knowledge that law enforcement has gotten access to data coming from smart home devices. Most of the cases Mm -hmm. that I saw were in the U.S., Mm -hmm. found it really difficult to find any European examples or African examples. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is definitely more of an American phenomenon, but maybe something that will spread into the rest of Mm -hmm. the world.
1: I I looked into the law in Austria, sort of a criminal procedural code. Um, And it is quite interesting that there is some legal discussion around whether this is like um, live surveillance, so interfering with um, live communication, so like reading your SMS or listening to your calls, Mm. or if it's just like the seizure of any other object, just that Mm. it's data. um, And the tendency is towards the latter. And the interesting point there is that it doesn't need a court order. So... Uh, the public prosecutor is enough to order this, and then um, the company, so the platform, has to comply. Um, which also makes it interesting because it's not the actual data subject; it's not the owner of the data, but it's a third party that is that is providing this data.
0: Do they make that distinction because interception is not required?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's not really an interception after it's been exactly, transmitted. Exactly, and yeah. stored. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's much easier because you don't need this court order. Mm.
0: I think it's a really interesting area. And there's not much kind of legally, I would say, outside of the US. I mean, in the African context, there's not much legally that really talks to this. And there's mm. not, there are not that many cases to look at to see kind of what the court has said about how they will treat this going forward so i think this is a really interesting area that's going to keep developing especially as more and more people get more and more smart devices in their homes and i think it will be interesting to see how this goes moving forward
1: yeah definitely especially because the more data you have and if this goes into you know smart cars and location services and so on um it, it really becomes a lot more evidence for mm. law enforcement to, to investigate, even if it's not live surveillance for watching somebody, but just after the fact for a crime investigation.
0: Okay, so if we're to ask the question, Paul, mm-hmm. is your smart home snitching on you? What do you say? Yes or no? Uh, yes,
1: to a certain extent.
0: I agree. To a certain extent, but you can control what is saved and what is not saved and you can go and take the extra step and delete things and review files. But I don't see a lot of people doing that.
1: No, and I mean, this is a general privacy practice, essentially is true for this as well. So try to avoid um, having a lot of data about you. Uh, Delete the data. Um, And if you're worried about this, don't uh, buy the product.
0: Yes. Well, thank you guys for listening and we hope to catch you on another episode of the rs Equi podcast. Bye.
1: Bye. rs Equi is hosted by Tima Anwana and me, Paul Eberstahler. We are brought to you by the Department of Innovation and Digitalization in Law at the University of Vienna.